Welcome to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. Today's interview is a rerun of a past episode. We do this from time to time so that our newer listeners don't miss out on the gems of helpful information and inspiring stories that have been shared in the past. And we think they're great to listen to again if you've heard them before. Today, we welcome Lisa Fain. Lisa is the CEO at the Center for Mentoring Excellence. We are going to talk all about mentoring and the role mentoring can have in a relaunch. Lisa, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Hi, Carol. Thrilled to be here. Well, it's great to have you. And why don't we start uh, by asking, what is the Center for Mentoring Excellence? So the Center for Mentoring Excellence is a virtual center. I'm based here in Seattle, Washington, but we do work globally. And what we do is we go into organizations and we help them create better leaders and more inclusive cultures through mentoring. This means we do facilitation and training, we do coaching, we do consulting on how to set up a mentoring culture, but it's really all based around the premise that a structured mentoring relationship will help yield better results and better outcomes, both for the, men- the, for the mentor, for the mentee, and of course, for the organization as well. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and can you give us a little history about how you got into this field and ended up, are you the founder of the Center for Mentoring Excellence also? No, actually, the Center for Mentoring Excellence was founded in 1992 by Lois Zachary. She's my mother. And um, so I'm sort of the second generation in this business, although I came to it a bit circuitously. I started my professional career as an attorney. I was doing management side employment law at a multinational law firm and then moved in-house to um, uh, companies to be their employment uh, counsel and ended up kind of falling into diversity and inclusion work, which is something I, I really grew to love. Um, but our, in the course of building and leading a diversity and inclusion function, our women's group wanted a mentoring program. And by then, I had developed an a executive coaching um, I got my, my coaching certification. I had developed sort of a side practice of doing coaching and had really begun to believe that what's going to change and create more inclusive workplaces isn't programs, which are important, but they're really foundational. What moves the needle are really these relationships across difference. So I actually brought my mother in to do uh, uh, the training for our women's mentoring program and had a moment while she was in front of the group um, that I was literally, it was almost one of those like out of body experiences, Carol, I had looked down and started taking notes and I thought, wow, this is the intersection of what I believe that relationships make a difference in the workplace and what her own passion is, um, which is, um, this idea of mentoring as creating not just legacy, but better leaders, better work environments. Um, and it was sort of at that moment was kind of born this idea to transition into this work. So, I um, went part-time in my corporate job and uh, part-time with Center for Mentoring Excellence and doing coaching and then moved over in uh, 2016 and took over the business in 2018 uh, when she retired. Wow, that's quite a story and amazing that this is a second generation business because your mother was really ahead of her time. And I'm I'm sure you've heard that and, and many times because you think about 
the uh, discussion around mentoring that has happened maybe in the last five years. And uh, your mother was in this field way, way before that. So I'm sure it's fascinating to get her perspective and talk to her about how the whole field has evolved since her pioneering role in it. Yeah. Well, and in fact, um, Carol, she herself is a relaunch story. Um, you know, ah. my, my mother was a stay-at-home mother until I was in middle school, um, and I'm the youngest. So I think my, my older brother might have been in high school at the time and um, decided that she really needed some something different for her own status, career satisfaction and went back and got her PhD uh, then. And then... Um, you know, founded the center after I had even graduated from high school. So um, uh, her really from her own passion for what this work was and what it could mean um, is is what the center was born from. So um, and really the results of two or three pivots in my own career. So it's mm. been a it's been a great journey. Wow. I love that your mother was a relauncher and that the Center for Mentoring Excellence really was her, like came out of her relaunch, I guess, after getting the PhD. That, 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 that's amazing and an incredible tie-in to what we're talking about today, yeah. too. So thank you. Um, can yeah. we get into some of the tips and strategies and advice that you have? And I'm interested in hearing what you have to say about what it's like to be a good mentor as well as what it's like to be a good mentee, because I'm thinking, and we'll get to this in a little bit, about... Um, how this relates to relaunching in the sense of should relaunchers have mentors when they're relaunching? And, and now I'm thinking about it, should relaunchers be mentors while, um, while they're relaunching or, you know, before they've actually, during the, that job search practice, uh, process or even during their career break before they actively job search to get back in the workforce. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, can you talk yeah. first about, uh, is there some very uh, like pointed advice that you give people on how to be a good mentor. And I actually just started mentoring someone myself ha having not had any mentoring experience uh, before. So how do you know what you're supposed to do and where to start the conversation? Yeah, such a great question. So I would say the advice that I give to mentors is there's really two big pieces of advice. The first is, this and this is advice that goes to mentors questions which is what if i don't have all the answers what if i don't have experience in the area where my mentee is looking for mentoring and you know my advice there is it is not a mentor's job to have all the answers it is a mentor's job to have good questions hmm. it's really that's really really critical the and the here's the reason for that the notion that a mentor is somebody at whose feet the mentee should sit and the mentor should just pour in knowledge and wisdom about their own journey is a very outdated um, and in fact quite inaccurate notion of what effective mentoring is. What, what uh, good mentoring is, and this is both um, from experience and from the data and the research on mentoring, good mentoring is when the mentor is really what we say the guide on the side instead of the sage on the stage. Hmm. So the role of a mentor is to facilitate the mentee's learning. And that skill that you need as a mentor is the skill of listening and the skill of curiosity. 
uh, and the skill of, or I should say the trait of humility to understand that your mentee's journey is not the same as your journey and your mentee's best path is not necessarily what your best path was, mm-hmm. right? And so you don't have to have the answers. What you have to have is the ability to listen, the ability to wonder, the ability to share that wondering with your mentee and ask questions like, well, what would this look like for you? What if we explored this possibility? You know, why not look through this? Look at this, you know, and that really helps stoke not just the confidence, but the capacity of the mentee to be the architect of his or her or their own future. So that sort of thing one is don't worry about the answers, right? Have good questions. And the second thing is almost counterintuitive, Carol, but it's really, really important, is don't fix. Mm -hmm. Don't don't fix your mentee's problems. And, you know, to that, the question I get is like, really? We only have so much time and they want me to be their mentor because I've got a lot of experience. But the problem is if you fix your mentee's problems and not, and in, well, let me, let me um, paint what the, the dichotomy is, right? One on the one side, you have fixing your mentee's problems. On the other hand, you have sort of enabling the mentee to fix their own problems. And so it's not letting the mentee hang and swing and, and suffer, but it's creating the sounding board and this safety net so the mentee can have their own discovery. That's really, really important. If you fix your mentee's problems for them, they will never develop mm-hmm. the capacity to do it on their own. And it becomes a relationship of dependency instead of a relationship of enablement. That's, that's so important. Uh, it, it sounds like, that can be advice for a whole bunch of relationships. Um, and, and I'm just thinking about parenting. I'm thinking about being a friend, like a good friend to someone in addition to, for, you know, being in this more formal mental role in a work or other context. Yeah, a hundred percent. In fact, as soon as you said it was good advice in other situations, I thought immediately of parenting. Um, It's not to say that there's not a place for being an advisor, right? We all need somebody who can help us and and, um, put forth, help help uh, put forth solutions, right? But that's not the role of a mentee. And in fact, it's not the role of a good parent, right? A good parent helps enable their children to to come up with solutions Mm -hmm. and be a good adult, not just to be a good child, right? Um, And so um, I think that that's true. And and in terms of a friendship, wow, what an insight, because how many times have you um, brought a a concern to a friend and they offered a solution when all you really wanted Mm -hmm. was somebody to Mm -hmm. be a sounding board? Yes, so important. Um, So... Let, let's take that and, and then let's um, move on to the question about how, how you be a good mentee. Um, and then, you know, it's interesting to think about these uh, extensions into, uh, you know, the adult child or the really good friend. But um, in the context of uh, work-related mentoring, how do, how do you think it is there a certain kind of stance you have to have or mindset um, in order to be a good mentee? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I know it's been kind of tried and true and talked about quite a bit, but this idea of having a growth mindset is so, so, so important. So a growth mindset is, is sort of the opposite of a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset says, I'm good at or I'm not good at. 
I know or I don't know. I'm someone who or I'm not someone who. A growth mindset is this idea of embracing the idea of becoming and the possibility of becoming something, right? So it's really important for a mentee to have that growth mindset. So you know, he or she or they can go in and say, I here's here's what my vision is, and I want to figure out how I can go into that authentically. So that's thing one is to have a growth mindset. Thing two is to take the time for some self-reflection, both before and during the mentoring relationship, to think about what it is that you want. So often we, when we are mentees, we wait for the mentor to drive the relationship. But what we know about the most effective mentoring relationships is that they're actually mentee driven. The most effective mentoring relationships happen when the mentee takes ownership Mm -hmm. of their own learning and says to the mentor, here's what I want to learn. Here's what I want to grow into. Uh, And if the mentee doesn't know that yet, to embrace the not knowing and then say, I want to grow into somebody who knows where I want to be, right? Because sometimes mentoring is about discovery. It's not just about, um, you know, pushing down the path, so to speak. So that's a really important piece too. The other thing that I would say is to you, for a mentee to use the mentoring relationship as a place to take risks and to step outside of your comfort zone. Right, exactly. And I, I'm, I'm thinking about my own um, mentor-mentee relationship. That, that's, you mean to maybe test ideas um, and get the mentor's like reaction, like, whoa, or, or that seems like kind of a giant step as opposed to, that's really interesting or really intriguing. Is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And the times when it says it feels like a giant step, to be able, if I were your mentee, I would say to you, Carol, that feels like a giant step to me. I am terrified to go out and ask for that feedback, or I'm terrified to go network with so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Can we work through how I can do that? And maybe you role play. Maybe you talk about why it is you're so terrified. But to really explore that instead of to step over it, or the worst thing a mentee can do is to say, sure, I'll go ahead and do that and not Mm -hmm. be bought into the why or not feel like it's an authentic step for them. So exploring those fears, exploring those curiosities, you know, and really having a discussion with your mentoring partner about why that's uncomfortable and what you can do to mm-hmm. lean into mm-hmm. that discomfort. Um, yeah, I'm just taking some notes here I, <laughs> about uh, for, for my for, for um, my own use. Um, okay, so let's move into the realm now of the relauncher uh, and think about should relaunchers have mentees uh, or should relaunchers have mentors? Um, during the relaunch process as they're actively looking to relaunch? Or is this more of a role that's beneficial once the person has relaunched and is, you know, and is working again? And I want to talk about this in the context of uh, advice that we give relaunchers, which is not to go about the process by themselves. We, we say go find a relaunch buddy or a relaunch circle, a group of people who are relaunching. So you have this opportunity for uh, a sounding board and for uh, support when you get rejected for the 15th time or celebration when you move to the next stage of, of an interview process. 
um, in addition to very practical things like, as you're saying, role playing or doing mock interviews. So it, a lot of this sounds like there's some good um, parallels here. And I wanted to know if you viewed this, th those uh, relaunch circles and relaunch buddies as actually having components of a mentor mentee relationship. And, and I guess, sorry, there's a lot of questions, but um, can a group of people mentor each other? That's the other part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me start with the first part of your question and I'm just going to reframe it. Um, and then we, we can go from there. So I think as I'm hearing your question, your question is, should somebody a have a mentor before they enter into the relaunch or B after the, they enter into the relaunch. And my answer is C, all of the above. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, and, and the, here's the reason. There's lots of seasons and reasons for, for mentoring relationships. And um, not only can the same mentoring relationship evolve, but also you can have multiple mentors at multiple times for multiple reasons. And I actually think that there is always a reason for um, a mentor, a mentoring relationship. And it can be helpful to be in different forms as well, which gets to, I think, what was the second part of your question, Carol? Mm -hmm. So um, there are lots of forms of effective mentoring. And peer mentoring um, can be an incredibly effective uh effective way, whether it's a, a relaunch circle, as you as you say, or um, to have an accountability uh, partner, um, or to have, um, uh, you know, kind of a mutual mentoring relationship that's that's a little bit, you know, doesn't very traditionally, we think of mentor and mentee as having sort of a power or an experience differential, you can absolutely have a mentoring relationship with somebody with whom you have, you know, similarity in terms of in terms of years of experience, uh, life situation, that kind of thing. So um, it the hallmark of good mentoring is um, structure and accountability. And it doesn't matter what the it, well, it does. It does matter. I mean, it's important what the what the format is, but it it doesn't determine what the effectiveness is going to be. It really depends on the need of the mentee um, and the uh, way the mentor and mentee, or in many cases, if you're talking about a peer group, the mentors and the mentees, um, you know, structure and co-create the relationship in a peer group. It's really important that if everybody has similar goal, that everybody sets out what their goals are and everybody has some time to, to create what the measurement that is right for them is. So the, the point is don't lose in this, the there's a huge beauty in a group setting. I know you, you know this in your own work mm -hmm. of people supporting one another uh, towards a common goal. But the manifestation of that goal, the definition of success might look different for each person in that group. And it's really important for everybody to define that for themselves. And then for their the folks in their peer group to help hold them accountable towards their own vision of success, not towards somebody else's vision mm -hmm. of success. So absolutely many, many um, different forms. I can't say, you know, at, th at this time in somebody's life, this form is the right form. It really depends upon the person. Um, and I think having um, multiple forms of mentoring and multiple mentors is incredibly, incredibly beneficial. I know right now I'm looking for two mentors for very different reasons. Um, and I'm really being very intentional about you know, what it is I'm looking for and what it is I'm looking to achieve. And that's something that I encourage 
the people I work with should mm -hmm. do as well. And one thing I'm picking up by by your discussion about you know this, this peer mentoring concept um, and how it might apply to a relaunch circle is, and I'm going to ask you this: Does that mean if you're a peer mentor in a in a relaunch circle that you're being a mentor and a mentee at the same time? Yes and no. Right. You are in a, in a circle. You you have the opportunity to be a mentee and a mentor. Um, and yeah. And so, yes, you can play both roles in a circle, but you have to be very clear when and you do this through agendas. You do this through expectation setting. You do this through holding each other accountable. You have to be very clear who is in what role at any given moment within the circle. In other words, you and I might be in a circle with someone named Joe. Right. And at the beginning of the circle, we're going to talk about Joe's goals. Joe and that mm -hmm. you and I are the mentors and Joe is the mentee. And we may in the same session then switch to what Carol wants and then we switch to what Lisa wants. So it happens. Um, both things happen within the group, but they don't happen simultaneously, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. And then, um, you know, you talk about how you have a coaching practice uh, at the center and, and we have. I relaunch coaches too. And, and we, you know, many relaunchers will swear by using a coach uh, in their relaunch process. That relationship uh, has many different aspects to it, but in, you know, wrapped up into it could be a, a mentoring component. Is the mentoring relationship different when you've hired someone to be a coach for you and there's that there's a mentoring piece wrapped up in other things they're doing as opposed to identifying people who you're you haven't hired that you have, you know, just the mentoring relationship with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a complex question. And, a, and the answer is complex as well. So. Um, I view coaching and mentoring as, um, you know, almost two overlapping circles, mm -hmm. right? Skills, there, there are many overlapping skills between a coach and a mentor. And in fact, I say all mentors are coaches, but not all coaches are mentors. Um, so, and, you know, the model versus whether somebody's paid or not paid, you can, there are people who have paid mentoring relationships as well. That's a, that is a business model of many people that's been very successful and you can have some great outcomes there. So it doesn't necessarily uh, rest on whether there's compensation involved. Mm -hmm. The difference is this, coaching is something that happens that is much more discreet and often performance-based. So it's usually based on a short, short-term performance for, towards a particular end. Mentoring is developmental. So mentoring is about a longer term learning. Sometimes a mentor has to use coaching skills in order to get, uh, you know, past a particular performance block or to help boost performance in service of the long term mentoring goal. But if you if you think I like to think about it this way, when somebody hires me as their executive coach and they say to me, Lisa, I want you to help me come up with um, a vision. And I get on, you know, a call with them. I better have some tools in my tool in my toolbox, so to speak, that I employ to help them get to a vision. That's why they're hiring me. That's why they want me to be their coach. As a mentor, actually, because it's mentee driven, what I come with is the questions, not necessarily mm. a toolkit. It's it's a little bit different in terms of the coach usually drives the process in a coaching relationship. The mentee drives the process in a mentoring relationship. So it's a little bit. Uh, more complicated. Now, there's a in in reality, 
these are a little bit more blended um, and a little, and the uh, it's a little fuzzier. What we do at the center is when we when we coach mentors and mentees, we coach them on the um, efficiency and the effectiveness of their mentoring relationship. So we might have we might talk to a mentor who says, you know, I can't really figure out how to relate to my mentee or I'm not sure how my mentee is motivated. And we coach them on maximizing the effectiveness of the mentoring relationship rather than on the goal of the mentee themselves. We might coach the mentee who might say, you know, I can't really relate to my mentor. My mentor doesn't get me. And what we might coach them on how to, you know, create a better connection with their mentor. So the, the, that, that coaching is done in service of the mentoring relationship. And so like, are you saying that um, let's say the person is feeling challenged working in a multi-generational team and, you know, maybe reporting to someone who's much younger than they, then would you say your ideal mentor would be someone who's younger than you? Um, or, or is that not the basis on which? Not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily. It would be somebody who, um, like, if I were looking to understand sort of, you know, intergenerational dynamics, I would want to talk to some, I would want to have a mentor who has experienced intergenerational dynamics in their career. Doesn't necessarily have to be somebody who's younger, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, or who can, or who's managed conflict, um, you know, uh, well, um, you know, throughout their career or in their current situation. There is one of the things that I'm most excited about in the mentoring field that I think is actually pretty darn cool is this idea of intergenerational mentoring. And what we're seeing more and more of are um, millennials or Gen Z that are um, mentoring, uh, you know, us Gen Xers or, or boomers. Yes. Um, and I, that's pretty cool too, right? Um, because there is... Um, you know, it's a little bit archety it's not across the board, but in terms of the archetype of generational communications, it's really important to understand that differential. It's also happening in the diversity context. Uh, people call it reverse mentoring. I don't love that term reverse mentoring because it implies, you know, a lesser than mm -hmm. from for the younger person or the uh, less senior person. But the idea is sort of this mutuality of mentoring across dynamics. Yeah. Well, I, you know, and especially in the case of relaunchers, you know, when I relaunched my career before uh, co-founding I Relaunch, I was 42 years old and I was reporting to a 37-year-old. So uh, the idea that relauncher, relaunchers are always work, not always, but often uh, working for someone who is younger than they are. And so the whole concept of um, coming in in your 40s or 50s and then working with a um, intergenerational workforce is is a is a real issue for relaunchers and one that, that, that we spend some time talking about. Uh, but let me ask you a, a separate question. Uh, is it better for mentors and mentees to know each other and have some sort of prior relationship or is it better for them not to know each other and sort of come in um, cold to, to, to the relationship? Um, I'm not sure that one is necessarily better than the other. It, you know, in in organizational contexts, often mentors and mentees don't know each other, and there is a um, uh, by virtue of being part of the same organization or of a mentoring program, there is um, an acceleration of you know you get past the awkwardness of not having one another. If you are somebody like I would imagine many of the relaunchers who are listening are where you are looking to establish a mentoring relationship outside of the organizational context, 
I I think when you find a mentor, you want to build trust with them and get to know them a little bit before you even ask them to be your mentor. It's a lot, a lot of times, Carol, I liken it to sort of the dating context. I haven't been in the dating context for many, many, <laughs> many years, but I do, but I do remember um, that you don't want to ask somebody to marry you on the first date. Right. And, you know, the, the analogy is to mentoring. You want to make sure that whoever is going to mentor, whoever you're going to ask to mentor you has both the capacity, the compatibility, um, you know, and really the, um, you know, uh, skills and interest to mentor you. And so the way to do that is to build the network and to nurture the relationships before you say, hey, I'm actually looking for a mentor in this. And one of the things I've learned is I've, we've gotten to know each other is that, you know, you, you, um, you know, I really admire the way you've launched a podcast and created a community. I'm really interested in doing that. You know, what do you think about a mentoring relationship? So in that sense, you don't have to know them before you establish the connection, but it is good to have a bit of a foundation before you ask for the mentoring relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, we're starting to see something happen now. You know, we've, we've been in the relaunch world uh, for over 15 years, even before I relaunch was founded. And partly as a result of the work that we're doing and, uh, uh, and what we're seeing at companies that have started return to work programs, is now we have, or we're starting to get a critical mass of relaunchers who are working in companies now, who are past the relaunch, um, they're um, integrated into their, the uh, corporate environment, and they are now in a position and they have a desire in many cases to pay it forward and to mentor relaunchers who are earlier stage, you know, who, who are just, um, uh, starting to to relaunch their careers. So either they're in the job search process or they're newly relaunched within the company. And so we have seen some um, mechanisms and we've worked with companies to create mechanisms where those alumni relaunchers, so to speak, um, are mentoring and have relationships with, with, with brand new people who are coming in through return to work programs. So um, this is a, a newer development and a result of having programs run for long enough now that we have this critical mass of relaunchers, um, alumni relaunchers inside the organization, but we're watching this happen and working on this in real time. Wow. It's great. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's been pretty interesting. Um, so I, we're running out of time now and I wanted to wrap up by asking you one last question. It's the question that we ask all of our podcast guests. And that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? Yeah, um, I love that question. I would say the best piece of advice in this context is really one of the things that I say is the best piece of advice in any context. And, it, you know, it's, it's advice that I got uh, on the eve of my wedding um, at, my, at the rehearsal dinner of my wedding from my sister-in-law, and I've never forgotten it. And it's so important in the mentoring context as well. And it is the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, mm -hmm. the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Right. And, you know, as true as it is in the context of, uh, marriage, it's also true in the context of mentoring, which is what is it that you want to achieve in a mentoring relationship? What is it you want to achieve in your own career? What is the objective that you're looking for? And then continue to uh, evaluate and operate towards that objective. And if you keep that end in mind, and by the way, make sure to share that with your mentoring partner. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, you will be much more likely to achieve results because you're really driven by that vision and that goal. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. Um, Lisa, can you tell our audience how we all can find out more about the Center for Mentoring Excellence? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking. So you can go to our website, which is centerformentoring.com, C-E-N-T-E-R-F-O-R-M-E-N-T-O-R-I-N-G.com. Um, there's a lot of, uh, great free resources on that site as well. And, um, also ways to connect with me through the site. And we're on also all sorts of social media. You can find me at, uh, find us at either Lisa Fain, my name, F-A-I-N, or, uh, the Center for Mentoring Social Properties as well. Wonderful. Well, Lisa, this was a- an incredible conversation. I've learned so much and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Carol. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. And thanks for listening to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the CEO and co founder of iRelaunch, and your host. For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.